Night. A colorfully clad figure slides silently through the shadows towards a boarding house near Hudson University. He shifts up the drain pipe, then pauses as an open window. Who is that? Who's there? Hours later, at the lavish Gotham City penthouse of millionaire Bruce Wayne. No good. No one at the university has seen Dick for the last couple of days. He's vanished. And that has to mean trouble. Beg your pardon, Master Bruce. A messenger just left this missive with the doorman. Young Master Dick. Yes, Alfred. As I feared. He's been captive. Or worse. Dear Batman. We have Robin. Save him if you can. The dread Batman is no stranger to peril. For he has pitted his strength, courage, and intelligence against the deadliest of foes. The most ingenious of criminals yet no quest has ever taken him closer to death than his search for the daughter of the demon story by denny o'neill art by neil adams this is batman 232 dc comics 1971 and you're listening to heroes home base podcast episode 65 <laughs> What is going on? This is Rich. Hey guys, this is Mark. Hello, late Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. This is Rob. Mm, happy New Year. Mm-hmm. You know, got eight percent of our listeners are in Washington. Washington, Washington State. State? Yeah, we've got a lot of people in California listening. Yeah, probably because I told people in the, my all my peeps in Seattle. Probably. Mm. <laughs> well, it's been a hot minute. I think it's been like God feels like two months. November twenty second. Was that when we recorded last? That's when you last posted. Mm-hmm. So sorry, sorry, listeners. It's been a long literally time. right before Thanksgiving. And well, we, we have... kind of took a holiday hiatus, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we have. Hold on one second. Where? How do we get back to the countries? Oh, we have somebody in Iceland. Yeah. Two percent in Germany. <laughs> they like We're, us over there. Uh, <clears throat> yes, they do. So, fellas, happy New Year. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, we usually do a Christmas recording, but not this year. So maybe we should just do a little quick wrap-o of uh, anything new exciting that you got for Christmas comic book watch. I know Rob has something very special. Well, I could start, I guess. Uh, Rich was uh, playing a switcheroo on me. Got me a, uh, what do we call these things? Facsimile. Facsimile a uh, copy of the Batman 232 from the intro. So this has been the uh, book that I've just, you know, I've been perusing at uh, New York for the last couple of years. Saw it a couple times this year, I do believe. Um, yep. But uh, he um, put the facsimile copy. He's like, oh, don't. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? And I was like, you know, he's like, oh, don't worry. It's just fake version. And then reprint <laughs> underneath that was a uh, 4.0 of the real deal with the uh, marker crayons like smudge and all but uh, it's a real deal it was not quite a 0.5 like our uh, our shirts from New York (laughs) Um, yeah it was cool that you have that yeah I was really blown away I know it's even though it's a 4 it's still a pricey book so yes it is Rich uh, definitely surprised me this Christmas. Um, 
yeah so there's uh let's see what did it say since we are not a video podcast um off white to white pages two center wraps missing i don't even know what the f- that means <laughs> I wonder if somebody cut some coupons out. No, oh, maybe. Um, and there's some uh, spinal damage, but uh, there's a looks like somebody. It lo- looks like it was a red pen right across Rachel Ghoul's nose. Um, but overall, I mean, the cover actually looks pretty good. Looks yeah. really good, actually. There's some there's some minor folds, but for being from '71, I feel like Neil Adams. That cover looks like he did the background in like almost like a. Uh, crayon almost crayon or a, a definitely that or a color pencil color pencil yeah it's the first appearance of uh Roz, correct yep yep uh, according to denny it's raish raish al ghoul yeah the um, demon himself that's right uh, and it looks like a uh i'm just throwing it out there it looks like a nazi luger <clears throat> on the cover uh um, kim show quitter got me um another uh puzzle for christmas and it, this time it was all the uh, Batman covers thrown about. Uh, I've put together a Superman one. I put together a Wonder Woman one. And this one, she got me the Batman one. And that one was one of the bigger featured, featured, featured covers on there. So, yeah, That's awesome. I, it was a 1000-piece puzzle. I put it together in less than a day. Like, I was Dedication. on it. Oh, wow. I was on it. I mean, it was that one up. They're really not. Yeah, I already glued it, hung it up already. It's not. It was. Those aren't very hard because all you got to do is find the, the headers, for the comic books, and they're yeah, all that's, different. That's the prices, thing. the the old and the new DC logos. They're not. It's not too complicated to put it together. But I was flying. I really enjoyed it. I'm working on another, Batman one right now. That's going to be kind of complicated. But anything is better than the last Superman one I put together. I swear to God, it took me three months. I was miserable. <laughs> And then I had four pieces missing. I was like, four pieces missing? Four pieces were missing. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. I feel like the longer it takes you to do a puzzle, like the more likely you are to lose pieces because it can fall, it can disappear. I swear to God, my dogs probably ate it. And I, I don't know. I was pissed. So I had to do my artistic ability and use my X Acto knife and cut pieces of the actual. Uh, print that they send with the puzzle so i had to fake it so you wouldn't even know they're missing but uh christmas for me man it was uh really good kids are spoiled rotten or kim got me comic book related wise kim got me a 3d printed deceased zombie superman bust she may have run that one by me uh yeah as as dynamic so that was pretty freaking badass um, and then I think my puzzles, I think that was really the only comic book stuff I got besides this nice homage, uh, Superman hoodie that Rob got me. Oh, so I've been rocking that bad boy. Super comfortable. Aren't they? They are. I really don't like wash. I don't like washing homage stuff. Cause I don't want to lose the, it stays. Don't worry. Yeah, but it stays. I got well, like I three of them in the last three months. I don't know if it was necessarily a Christmas gift, but my dear brothers, Rich and Rob, got me the entire collection of, except with the ones that I already had, but um, got me the re- complete rest of my collection for Talon, 
based off the Court of Owls and Escape from New York comic book. I have been reading that. We talked about that on the last podcast, but you didn't get it in the mail until you got all your Christmas stuff. Yeah. But (laughs) I've been reading it. I've been reading it, and every cover is just so freaking awesome. Look at this cover. It's just so awesome. (laughs) And I was telling Rich, you know, there's two, there's a there's two movie theaters here in Brooklyn that are like specialty kind of movie theaters, and they're called the Nighthawk Movie Theater. And they show regular normal movies, but also, you know, different kind of movies as well. So this past Monday, they did like a, they did the, the, this month, the theme is like dystopia New York. So they Mm -hmm. showed movies that are like, you know, a pop, uh, post-apocalyptic New York situations. And so they showed the Warriors on Monday night. So I had my Warriors t-shirt on and all my Warriors gear. So I went to go see the Warriors and that was awesome. And the theater was packed. And I was like, oh, Warriors. I was like, uh, I, I told the two people sitting next to me, I said, if I die tomorrow and anybody asked you what my favorite movie was of all time, you tell them it was the Warriors. They both laughed and said, okay. I was like, because you're, you're like a pig in shit, man. I can only I imagine. I really was. I was really was. <laughs> I bet you walked in the theater. Like, Warriors, woo Did that come out in 70, 78 or something like that? 79. Can you imagine New York City 1979 graffiti and crime? And it was awesome. And then at the end of the Joker. (laughs) Yeah. At the end of this month, the 30th, they're showing my second favorite movie of all time. And let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Escape from LA. No, Escape from New York. Escape from LA. Escape from New York. I cannot wait. So I am going to go and see it. Uh, Mark sent me a text when he was at the movie theater uh, to see the Warriors. And who did you run into? Standing right behind me was Michael Shannon. General Zod himself. That's awesome. It's not the first time Mark's seen a celebrity. No, but he was standing right behind me. I'm like, oh, shit. I almost dropped my phone because I was like, I had to text you. <laughs> is that like, a selfie? Fuck? No, I didn't. But I'm like, what? I didn't remember his name. I'm like, fuck, it's General Zod. Zod. <laughs> I should have said Zod, but I didn't. But I, I knew you would know his name. I, I, I had to text you. Like, what was General Zod's name for Man of Steel? And so I sent Rich a text, and he's like Michael Shannon, and that was him. He's very tall. I think yeah, he lives in the fellow. Yeah, I think he lives in the neighborhood. That's, That's awesome, funny. dude. So um, interesting. So I kept up on my traditions this year. So, of course, you know, Christmas with the Joker. I was texting back and forth with Dr. Doug. He was checking in, and I, I just told him about um, 8-Bit Christmas, which came yeah. out last year. Yeah. Um, I love that movie. It's really – I think it hits the nostalgia perfectly. Have you seen that, Mark? No. Oh, it's really funny. So it's 8-bit pretty much Christmas. No, I've never seen it. a bunch of kids in the – mid 80s trying to get a nintendo uh-huh. uh it's it's hilarious um steve uh zahn is the dad and it's just it's perfect. neil patrick harris right neil patrick oh. harris is the older he's the one narrating it to his preteen slash teenage daughter but oh man it's funny it jensen wanted to watch it twice this year so i was texting back and forth with dr doug about that and he said i've got christmas with the joker checked off and he said you need to watch holiday nights and i never watched holiday nights it was in season four of the animated series Mm. um so it's when they did the revamp of the animation and it was like a three-part christmas episode yes yes yes. where uh harley and poison ivy uh 
you know, kidnap Bruce Wayne and yeah. he has to go shopping. And um, the next one is Clayface and Harvey has to take out Clayface dressed as Santa. Batgirl's in that episode. It's just her. Yes, it's just her. God, the third one's escaping me at the moment. I but, like the animation on that one. Yeah, I do too. It's good. So that's going to be added to my, my Rolodex next year. But his wife, based on my recommendation, got Batman Noel for him. Nice. Um, he did read it. Uh, we haven't had a chance to debrief about it yet. Um, so I did read uh, Batman Noel again, and uh, I love that story. I think I, I think I drool on that every Christmas because um, I like the Scrooge story. Um, there's obviously problems with some of the storytelling in there, but the artwork is worth everything. Bermejo did that right. Yeah, he wrote it too. Nice. But um, oh, I wanted to tell you this. Um, I thought of both of you. There's a part in the back where he's got some bonus like art and stuff. Yeah. And um, let me read this too. It's pretty cool. Catwoman was the character I looked forward to drawing the most in this book. I knew I wanted her costume to look slick and reflective, which it does. It looks amazing. I think I've told you guys about that before. Looks slick and reflective, almost like a piece of um, obsidian. The relationship between Batman and Selina has always interested me because of the love-hate dynamic, plus the fact that she's been interpreted visually throughout the years in many ways uh, made her a great candidate for the ghost of Christmas past. The Batman TV show of the 60s had a big impact on me as a child. I wanted to introduce some of the more ridiculous scenarios that were commonplace in that series as a way to emphasize the change from the lighthearted Batman of the past to the darker, violent vigilante of today. This, of course, mirrored the narrative structure of A Christmas Carol as well. So I thought that was super cool that mm. he was inspired um, by the 60s show. Um, and it, it's really cool because he provides narration on like my favorite page, which was... Um, see if I can get it in the frame there. Yep. So like the tigers attacking Robin and she's like so yeah I if you guys haven't read that I think I say it every year in a read it's uh it's amazing um um I think that's my Christmas check while you're talking about him I meant to drop I meant to talk about this in previous episodes he had a book come out this year it was an oversized black label uh, Lee called yeah Dear Batman or Dear Detective nice and it's uh it's basically all of his covers and it's kind of like set up in like a riddle format. I'll have to let you borrow it. And you kind of have to decipher what the ending message is. Sweet. So you got to try to figure out who it is that is writing the letter to him. It's a, it's a brilliant book. Is it a one shot? Yeah. It's just a standalone one shot thing by Lee. So it was, it was really good. He's kind of like a, uh, he kind of, he, I, I think he's got the same caliber as, uh, Al, as, um, Alex Ross, but it's just a little bit of a different, like, take. So it, it may, may not be like as super realistic as Alex Ross, but his details, it, like, like the details and costumes, like stitching and, yeah. and just his lines are, it's really realistic. It's like a good balance between comic book you know realism mixed with real realism well yeah it's almost like if honestly it kind of so mark have you have you looked at any of his stuff he did damned he did uh batman damned yeah um just damned that was it it's kind of like 
it, it almost looks like the um the arkham video games in comic book form too uh, like the detail is there yeah because every time i look at the book i'm like if batman was real like this is what he would look like like mm. it doesn't look like the over like rubberized suit from the 80s mm-hmm. but it's like almost tactical batman costume that like actually makes real life sense so it i like the realistic take on it so it's pretty sweet nice yeah to, to backtrack with you i was uh, talking about 66 Batman, I have an app on my television, on my smart TV called Freevee. Yeah. And I only reason why I downloaded the app is because I can get free episodes every single episode of the Susie Orman show. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. I've been watching Susie Orman, Susie Orman, Susie <laughs> Orman. Well, I click on Freevee and I look and I see Batman 66 season three. Oh, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so I started off with season three with Batgirl because that she's in every episode throughout the 26 episodes of that season. Yvonne Craig, right? Yes. Yeah. And I said, okay. wait a second, do they have season one and two? And they sure as hell do. They have every single one, two, and three of Batman 66. So I've been watching, I started from season one and the very first episode, he was doing the Bat Tusi. I said, oh God. Yeah. I love the show. I was like, oh God. I love, I love the show. The sh- I love the show. I love. I the can't show. watch. I can't binge it. Like I, I, I reach a point where I'm like, oh, this is this. It almost gets intolerable. So I have to take some breaks, and then I'll, I'll watch a lot more. But, but like if I've been doing two, and, I've been doing three and four episodes here and there. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes they're clearly not punching all the way. Um, I meant to tell you that um, Burgess Meredith, his nose is completely different shade of. The skin, <laughs> the snows, so like. Oh yeah, it's top camp. But he is an awesome end. penguin. I forgot yep. he was yeah. an awesome penguin. There was a lot of A-list celebrities that appeared on that show, and I had no idea that they did Jervis Tetch the Mad Hatter. I just watched that episode today. I had no idea they. I had no idea they did the Mad Hatter. Yep. <laughs> I was like, that's so awesome. Well, most of the celebrities appeared through the window when they were crawling up the wall. Like, who's yeah. going to show up here? Yep. I mean, Cliff yeah. Robinson was in that. Who was Egghead? Uh, oh, God. Price? Uh, haunting. Yeah, Hugo. No, uh, Vincent Price. Vincent Price was Egghead. Like, oh, man, there was a lot of good people on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Cliff Robertson was the cowboy guy, right? Yeah. Before he was blacklisted. Good old Cliff. What was he part of the uh, Red Scare or whatever in Hollywood? The no, McCarthy blacklisted by McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. But then, it's just, uh, it's, today then he they went broke out. out Uncle Ben. They uh, broke out the old bat shield today. That was fun. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. That like so, six piece plexiglass. Oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> Unfold it. Still, <laughs> still, honestly, the '66 Batmobile is still one of the most iconic. Uh, cars vehicles ever and you, joker i'm sorry go ahead i'm i no go ahead because i was gonna say out of all the batmobiles which ones would you guys pick i know we probably talked about that in the past but why not revisit it if you're watching it on the tv and that was probably my favorite bat cave oh yeah and caesar romero did an awesome job as the joker except yeah. he wouldn't shave his mustache except he wouldn't shave his mustache why he just wouldn't so look closely at him. His mustache—he's got his mustache, and it's painted white. <laughs> well, he I think awesome for me, 
I honestly think I have a hard time picking that as my favorite Batcave or 89 because I love the 89 Batcave. I love that the character, they just really brought this to life and the sets were so good. They were. The sets they were really, the they were really poppy and colorful. Like yeah. it was almost like reading like a, a comic book from that era. It was so good. And look what I got in the mail. I sent you guys a text. It's a hardback. Oh, yep. Yeah. Is that the one with the bonus stuff? Yeah. Mm. Hush. Is it the 20th anniversary? 20 years. Oh my Can't gosh. And I told you that because I haven't read it yet, but um Anthony Desiato from mm-hmm. his podcast, he said that he read it. And in the interview, it said to be continued. And no, in the interview, it's talked about how they're going to they possibly are going to do a continuation and in the final pages i think it said to be continued so i think that they're going to continue on with i mean that story i mean uh, there's nothing that dates it it's just a freaking love that's such a good story speaking of anthony desiato i was on his podcast again where he's re-watching i don't know if i talked about this where he's re-watching all the george reeve superman episodes and i did that that dropped probably a month ago (laughs) how was he it was good. It was fun. The episode was definitely a filler episode. It was like the tale of the broken statues or whatever, where thugs were going into antique shops and smashing stuff, and it was goofy. But no, it was cool to reconnect with him and do his podcast. So I keep trying to see if Adam West is reading from cue cards, but I can't really tell. Because <laughs> I remember Burt Ward <laughs> saying that, you know he was a little bit older and so he was having a hard time reading from his cue cards. And so I can't really tell though, but maybe that's in the later seasons. I have his uh, autobiography that he wrote back in the day. Like, Who? Back, uh, Adam West's autobiography, oh, okay. like back to the bat cave. Oh, wow. Um, I have to find it somewhere around here. It's in my office somewhere, but no, it was a good read. I bought it back in high school. I wonder what he did, like, because I was thinking, like, the show was on for three seasons, but, you know, you're not making probably that much money. Probably as seasons went on, you made a little bit better. But, you know, Yvonne Craig, she came in in the last season, and I actually Wikipedia'd her, and it talked about how after her Hollywood career ended, she went into real estate. She became, like, a real estate agent. So I'm thinking, wow, like, why did it end like you're just not getting roles you know you're just not getting it's probably it's obviously it's a very hard business to break into and adam west was so severely typecast he didn't come back around until i felt like um he had to like he had to like really embrace his typecast because that's you know how he ended his career really is just you know, living off the Batman con circuit and, you know, stuff like that and making TV appearances and show appearances based basically. So uh, yeah, I know he was, he tried to, he tried to get in on Tim Burton's movie though. Didn't he? Uh, I remember he tried to, he did. And then also I feel like he didn't have a reason. I feel like he didn't have a resurgence until Family Guy because he's an excellent voice actor. And I think, and I Wikipedia, I think his net worth at the time he died was like around 6 million. Cause I think he did a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. God rest his soul. So, so what's your? So let's start with you, Rich. What's your favorite Batmobile? Let's give your top three. No, I think we've done Batmobile. Let's do Batcave. Which is your favorite? Mine is sixty-six Batcave. <laughs> um. Wow. I honestly, I feel like the sixty-six Batcave was just like a giant room. Mm-hmm. So, 
I don't know, man. I I think I'm gonna go with 89 because you could you could tell it was multi leveled. I wish he would have like gone to different levels of it in the movie, but I just liked how dark it was and the computer monitors and stuff like that. And I, I don't know, I liked it. Not and you know the, I know it wasn't real, but the animated series Batcave was pretty dope too. Like. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally went into different areas of the cave, and uh, it was that's one of the reasons I like the cyborg episode. He like goes into like his yeah, like lab even the gray, even the gray ghost. He has that room where he's got like the you know the mantle collection. of his collection and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'd probably go eighty nine animated series and then sixty six. So oof. all right, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm going to go with 66. Although the 66 cave with the poles was badass. That's, that's I was just about to say that. The 66 cave wins it for me because of the bat poles. Mm-hmm. And I like the office and the elevator type deal. Or the secret entrance. Uh, I'm going to go with 89 next. And then we'll do the animated series. I'm trying to think. I, I don't really think there was enough time spent in Nolan's movies in the bat cave. It just seemed like an under. You catch a flu down there. <laughs> Catch rabies, bat guano everywhere. Yeah, that's me. How about you, Mark? What do you think? Um, I agree. I agree. My my favorite is the sixty six cave. I was gonna say, um, at the beginning of every episode, when Commissioner Gordon found out who the villain was, there's only one man. There's only one man. I wonder who we gotta we gotta contact the Cape Crusader. There's only one. Like Gotham City Police is so inept. What the <laughs> the the funniest part of that show is you could just tell the they recycled the same things. Oh, like, like them pulling up in front of the pulling up in front of the yeah or the city Gotham City as Gotham City you know starts people the Gotham City start their day it's the same subway entrance, <laughs> same people dressed, same shot of City Hall. Yep. Um, all right. Um, since I don't I know who's behind those masks, but I know that we need them. We got to call that. <clears> so Cape let's Crusader. go with <laughs> who's your least favorite character on the 66 show? Oh, man. Uh, Aunt Harriet. Aunt, Aunt Harriet. Harriet. Oh, yeah. my gosh. She's terrible. Stupid. And it's I was reading that the reason so unnecessary. The reason why they did not, they don't, she, if you know, she only made two cameo appearances in season three is because the writers felt like there was too much, too many people. For a half-hour show, Alfred and Harriet, Dick, Bruce, Barbara, Commissioner Gordon, the villain, the villain's people. So they said somebody got to go. So she only made two appearances. Uh, who three. was uh, who was the other police officer? Oh God, Chief O'Hara was a Chief Chief O'Hara. O'Hara. close second, close second worst. Too. Yeah, he's an idiot too. Chief O'Hara. <laughs> We gotta call the Cape Crusaders. I don't know why I just said that in like a Barack Obama accent, but whatever. She, um... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Um, I can uh, experience compassion. But she, um, her, her, her Batgirl cycle. I had never really paid attention to it until I watched it. But the with the white ruffles, I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, might as well put <laughs> tassels on that shit. The <laughs> worst dude was when they changed the theme song, and it was just her <laughs> riding into the frame. <laughs> Oh, I gotta, I gotta watch season three now. I feel like when they put that show back on uh, in '89, when the Keaton movie came out, I really didn't remember that the theme song was an animated theme song. I totally forgot that. Like, I, I remembered the yeah. iconic the theme song, but I'm like, I totally forgot that it was an animated. Uh, 
open. You know, I wouldn't be. I'm with you, dude. It, it, it's almost like I wonder if they did like a different one, but I don't think. I think it was still the animated one. Anyway, Robin wore stockings. Uh, clearly, it's oh, like yeah. his legs. His legs were bent, but then his 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 leg was bent, but then his whole leg was like halfway up his knee. Like what? <laughs> it was weird. It was good though. It was good. I loved it. I like watching it. It's so clean, and you know, I like the style. Yeah, it was. It was very good. I don't think our kids these days would find it that great. Like, uh, this is boring. I'm loving it. Although my kids do love Batman the animated series, so that's a plus. Do we have any uh, any other personal news before we get into the news news? So I'm flying to LA February the first weekend of February because I'm going to the Blockbuster Video pop up bar. So basically, picture the aisles like Blockbuster used to be, where you go and right. select your movie. So like, for, say for example, Titanic, you pick up the cassette or the container that the movie was in, you yep. bring it to the bar, and they give you a Titanic themed drink. Or if nice. you, pick up, you pick up Avatar, you pick up Avatar and you walk it to the bar, they give you a Avatar themed drink. It'd be like blue, something really strong, whatever. So that's it's awesome. Like a, yeah. So it's all very 90s nostalgia. So I'm going to go there wearing my, all my blockbuster gear. And then while I'm in LA, I'm going to go to um, some restaurants that Whitney used to go to, like Dantana's. It's, it's an Italian restaurant in West Hollywood. And I'm also going to call the week before, a few days before, just to make sure, because I'm going to go to the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Hollywood Boulevard. No shit. When are you doing this? I'll do that Saturday night. I'll go to Blockbuster. No, like, I'm... when are you doing it this year? Like, when? Oh, first weekend in February. Oh, damn. Yeah, I didn't know you were going that soon. I'll go from Thursday to Sunday. Thursday, I'll get in and I'll chill. Friday, I'll do some sightseeing and whatever. And Friday night will be the Blockbuster Bar. Saturday night will be the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Do you have to get uh, tickets? Yeah, it's like 15 bucks. Nice, dude. Yeah. So I'm when do they do... record their show? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm at least hoping at least um, J- JC will be there. Sweet. Get some Banff fucking... Man. Get a fucking t-shirt or some shit. Maybe. Uh, do we have any news? I know it's been a long, long time. I think the last episode we talked about Black Adam, which I, I think I know I said I really liked it. Herb liked it. Rob liked it. You liked it. Apparently nobody uh, else Dr. did. Dr. Doug liked it because it crapped at the box office and took me. Did it shit. really? Oh, yeah. It's, it's bad. I think it made like $320 million. That's bad? <laughs> I think they were $100 million in the hole. <sighs> yep. So Why? And I mean, that's right. bad? 300 That's bad? <laughs> Yeah, when you're expecting a superhero movie to do a billion. Yep. So I can't believe I, it's so hard for me to believe that it tanked when you have 320. I mean, what? I feel did like they ex- actually expect that to do a billion? Uh, I'm sure they did with The Rock being in it, but I don't know. But since then, you know, James Gunn and Peter Safran have come out, and the news surrounding the. I'm just going to say it firing of Henry Cavill. I know we haven't talked about that, but you know, there's huge fan backlash about that. That really sucks. Cause I was, that was my, obviously that was my favorite part of black Adam was the seeing Henry Cavill back as the man of steel and like re-energize yourself. Like sweet. We're going to see something else. 
but that doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I think that was like the biggest news we had. Yeah, but then I think they're not necessarily going to recast all the characters. So Gal might still be Wonder Woman, and I think Batman's a little bit more up in the air. What's the article you sent me yesterday? You want to highlight that? I don't really know if it was much of an article. I think it was more of they, like maybe they will return to Henry Cavill, like after Gunn gets to focus on this younger version of Clark or something. I don't know. Hmm. There's so many. I honestly, dude, I can't keep up with the James Gunn news. It's like, good God, like every day there's like 10 articles out about how this is changing, that isn't. And, I, I'm starting to struggle with, I talked to Dr. Doug about this a lot. It's like, you know, if you're going to completely start over, like, l- let us enjoy these characters with the movies that are left. But there's like talks of like, you know, editing out some of these in the Flash movie, right? Or something like that. Like yeah. removing some of the the big three. I'm like, what What are we doing here? Well, Henry Cavill, Superman returning following Jane Gunn plan for DC to have a broad but not blanket reset like what is that yeah all right here we go so henry cavill superman this is from fandom wire so i don't Mm -hmm. know how legit that is uh henry cavill superman returning following james gunn's plan for dc to have a broad but not blanket reset henry cavill's departure from the role of superman has left fans in a state of despair the return of Kavo and the post-credit scenes of Black Adam was met with overwhelming excitement amongst fans. However, the strings of happiness didn't last, as after two months of his announcement of donning the cape, the actor shared that he will not be returning as the symbol of hope in the new frontline DCU. DC Studios 22 slate has been clumsy at every step, and releasing the actor from the role within two months led to a uh, position of grief and resentment among fans, as fans were... Um, be wailing about the loss there might be some hope left for henry cavill to wear the cape again the new dcu will not be a complete reboot amidst the whole crisis and rebranding progress with dc under gun and saffron's new leadership who are uh, adamant to pull off the the bandages from the dying dceu which uh, was on a slow death spiral since batman v superman that's up for debate finally made the bold call to scrap the existing DCEU and start over with a fresh new narrative. DC Studios is set to release Aquaman and The Lost Kingdom, Blue Beetle, and The Flash in their 23 slate, and their template for the next three-year plan is on the horizon, possibly beginning with a young Superman. While on Insider, while an insider reporting the new DCU has a broad blanket over the existing DCEU, but not a full reboot, which landed some various speculations among the fans with one leading to the return of Henry in the distant future. Uh, Henry Cavill can still return as a Superman in the future DC amid the heartbreak, amid the heartbreak and distress residing within millions. After the scrapping of Superman's mantle from Cavill, James Gunn shared his vision comparing a story of younger Clark Kent along the lines and essence of Christopher Reeve's Superman. Uh, I thought we were starting new, although Cavill is out of the front line for the, for the, instance it hasn't been carved on stone and he is officially any he, that he's officially done after the announcement of Kavel not returning many fans may have overlooked the statement that james gunn released um i think but, i'll trust henry cavill's instagram post that he made yeah go on well here's the quote but we just had a great meeting with henry and we're big fans and we talked about several exciting possibilities to work together in the future 
While things appear blurry following the anguish fans suffered, Henry Cavill may still serve a prominent role in the vast scheme of things, with James Gunn confirming Elseworlds stories, which yes. will take place alongside... Thank you. Which will take place along the mainline DCU. It seems the director has a diverging approach instead of a traditional cinematic universe. And with his further emphasis on a young Clark Kent plotline at the beginning of his universe alongside sharing different ingredients from his long planned vision though through his social media handles with one prominent being the emphasis on kingdom come storyline a markway 96 comic where the older generation of dc superheroes finds themselves battling their younger incarnations and the report inclined inclining that the new dcu won't be a complete reboot furthermore provides some strong speculation on an elseworld storyline where henry cavill can finally repraise his role as an older Superman, which battles with the mainline DCU's younger Clark Kent. That's what I think DC just needs to do. Like everybody wants every everything to be the Marvel blueprint. Just now, you can have multiple Batman's and mm-hmm. different Supermans. Just like have standalone movies, and then if you want, you can do some kind of a flashpoint. And bring didn't Brandon Roth already return as the Kingdom Come older version? Yeah, on the CW. This is what this is what Henry said, uh, and this is obviously old ass news since we haven't recorded in a while. But I will, after all, not be returning as Superman after being told by the studio to announce my return back in October, prior to their hire, being James Gunn and Peter Safran. The news isn't the easiest, but that's life. The changing of the guard is something that happens. I respect that James and Peter have a universe to build. I wish them and all involved with the new universe, the best of luck and the happiest of fortunes. My turn to where the Cape has passed, but what Superman stands for never will. It's been a fun ride with you all onwards and upwards. Ugh. Such a good <laughs> Superman. So I think that was really like the biggest news we had over our uh, hiatus. Speaking of comics, let's take it back to the comics. I did finally, I don't know if I told anybody on the show, I finally got Paul Jenkins, uh, fairy quest books in the mail from oh yeah from the uh kickstarter starter that i did two probably two and a half years ago yeah it was only covid yeah it got massively delayed because of covid but i have the books here um i the original ones when he did them they were by boom studios but obviously he did these through his meta studios but there's the first book hardback really beautiful book uh, Did you read it? I've I reread the first one, uh, the second one here. So the first one is Outlaws, and then the second one is Outcasts. How many are included? Four, three, Outcasts. So I haven't opened that one yet. And then the third one is Over, Under, and Through. It's number nice. three. So really cool books. Highly recommend them. But you know he released them through his meta studios. Um, but uh, yeah. So uh, Rich's poll, I kind of do Rich's pick from Rich's poll. Obviously I've read a, uh, a lot of books over the past month. Um, Grimm is probably my new favorite uh, independent book, but uh, I was going to kind of highlight because it's been a hot button issue for me in uh, 2022 and now it's 2023, but action comics, 1050 came out new era. So I, uh, 
kind of wanted to talk about that. So, so DC Comics reveals new direction for the Superman line in 2023. This was obviously news back in October, but I've been kind of distancing myself from the Superman books for a while. But 2023 marks the 85th anniversary of Superman's debut, and DC is celebrating the milestone with a major revamp of the Superman comic book line. Thank God. That includes the launch of a new monthly series from Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths writer Joshua Williamson, who had his little short stint on the Batman book before Chip Zdarsky. He's a pretty good writer. As revealed during DC's Superman panel in, in a, at uh, New York City Comic Con, the new status quo builds on recent storylines like Dark Crisis kal Returns. kal has returned to Earth from his long ordeal on War World. Thank God! And is ready to reconnect with his family and resume his old life as Superman. But just because Lex Luthor is in prison doesn't mean there won't be new enemies and new challenges for both Superman and, and to confront. So let me just give you kind of the lineup here. Williamson, uh, so Kalo will be the main character of Williamson and Campbell's Superman series, as well as Action Comics. Uh, the latter series will remain retain its classic numbering but switching to a new larger format beginning with January Action Comics 1051, so that hasn't hit stands yet. Current current writer Philip Kennedy Johnson will continue to write the lead story on action. Here's my exciting news, boys. Dan Jurgens and Lee Weeks, who first introduced Lois and Clark's son John and 2015's Convergence, will reunite for a backup story called Lois and Clark 2, Doom Rising. That story will take place when John was still a child and his parents were living anonymously on their farm prior to the events of 2017's Superman Reborn. Finally, writer Lee Williamson and artist Marguerite will reintroduce Power Girl to the DCU in three-part backup story and spin out of the Lazarus Planet crossover. That's going to be their new whatever DC event. Fortunately, just because Kal-El is back doesn't mean John won't have a book of his own anymore. Superman, Son of Kal-El, we have already talked about it. Tom Taylor's book, canceled. <laughs> but he's getting uh, Son of Kal-El writer Tom Taylor and artist Clayton Henry are continuing their story in a new limited series. Keyword, limited series called Adventures of Superman. John is going to be up against Kidnapper Ultraman and also feature Earths 2's Superman Val Zod. Uh, couldn't be more excited for John Kent to headline the iconic Adventures of Superman, said Taylor in DC's press release. We really don't give a shit what you have to say about Superman. It's a real testament to the fantastic response of fans to join uh, John as Superman. This series is going to be one of the most action-packed books I've ever written. Well, geez, you should have done that when you had the other book. John is going to be tested more than ever before. While we can tell you that Superman of Earth 2, uh, Val Zod, and John's nemesis Ultraman will be key characters in the early part of Adventures of Superman and what we're going to reveal at the end of issue number two will have everyone talking and issue three launches us in a direction that no one will see coming. <sighs> so after that little recap, that's from IGN. Uh, I did read Superman uh, 1050 and... Let me just tell you. Remember how Brian Michael Bendis completely took a shit all over the Superman books when he took them over? Yes. They're trying to retcon and totally erase the fact that everything he, that was done. He yeah, and it's really kind of so, you know, Superman 
or Clark revealed his secret identity to everybody that he was Clark Kent. That was like the last thing that Brian Michael Bendis did. So they're trying to backtrack on that. So Lex Luthor kidnapped Manchester Black and murdered him and used his psychic abilities to erase everybody's memory of the fact that Clark Kent is Superman. It was like this real cheap, cheesy ass way to retcon it they should have just said uh just please ignore the last three years of superman books and we're just gonna forget they ever that would have been like a denny o'neill two sentence panel ignoring all issues from this but it's it's whack because like he was meeting with batman in this book and batman's like well you know everybody's got uh if you're a justice league member or you know, we have protection from Martian Manhunter, so our minds can't be, you know, affected by these psychic powers. So we all still remember. And like you were at the farm with Lois and Martha and Jonathan, and they're protected by this dome or whatever. So they did their minds aren't wiped. They remember that you're Superman. I'm just like, this is so f- cheap. So like they're trying to retcon that. So like, okay, um, could have done a better job or idea overall but they kind of do they kind of show what's going to happen uh towards the end here so it says lex luther's in prison now because you know superman turned him in and said he's a murderer shocker because he killed manchester black but that's going to continue that story arc is going to continue with superman number one and then val zod shows up and that's uh that's going to show up that's going to be it says to be continued adventures of Superman, John Kent. And then there's a Metallo storyline from uh, Lex was basically giving uh, Corbin back his body. So he's regenerated his original body. So hmm. Metallo's back in his own skin again. And that's going to be continuing in action comics. Dawn of DC's begins next month. So there's going to be three Superman titles, which there should have been three to begin with. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how the super books go, but I, you know, I'm not going to get my hopes up, but, uh, so maybe 2023 would be a lot better, but maybe, yep. That's uh rich's pull pick. Hopefully I'll be, you know, revisiting Superman 1051 and tell you that it's amazing. Uh, but you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah. Uh, everything so, else, Batman's pretty good. Uh, Detective is still written by Ram V, the guy who did the Swamp Thing books that I really liked, and those are it's a pretty interesting story going on. Daredevil's still really good, um, but yeah, the Independents are still rocking it uh, with something skilling the children and uh, Grim. I'm really liking what Boom Studios is putting out these days. Oh, another news note: uh, Matthew Clickstein. Uh, sent me an article that uh, Aftershock Comics has officially filed for bankruptcy. Oh, damn. Uh Because he really liked working with them. This was back on December 19th. He sent me this. Inside the Aftershock comic bankruptcy. Okay, except cookies. Jesus. 17 million plus owned staff departures and the creditor seeking to take over the company. So less than a week after releasing a statement in response to allegations of late payments of creators and other debtors, Aftershock Comics has filed for bankruptcy in the state of California and is 
the ensuing days, more has come out about what led to this decision and what the next steps are. The company headquarters and uh, Sherman Oaks, California has filed under Chapter 11 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code, which allows the company to remain in business as it seeks to reorganize and create a plan to repay debtors over time under Chapter 11 businesses or blah, 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 blah. Long story short, I asked him, I said, um, did you see this coming? And he said, yeah, it was pretty clear. This is from him. Yeah, it was pretty clear. I knew other people that they owed money to. They didn't pay me for months for your obsolete. He said he knows rich from bleeding cool. He said he even hit on, he even hit me up at a time when he was writing an article to ask if I knew anything of the rumors they weren't paying on time. And that was like in 2019. So, uh, yeah, aftershock, uh, filing for chapter 11. So, well, I remember he spoke really high, highly of them when we were interviewed. They put out so. good books, man. They they were, you know, it's uh, it almost felt like a a, a an ex- extremity of image because that's all image does now is if you've got a a private book that you want to do, like image is like the independent leader, man. So, but yep, uh, I'm not surprised in this economy. I'm really not yeah. surprised that you know more companies aren't going under. So, but that's uh, a little bit extra of Rich's pick pull or pull pick pick from Rich's pull, whatever, for episode 65. So uh, I highly recommend you guys go out and buy some independent comics. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, what's your comic book plans for 23? Um, just, you know, uh, there are still some vintage X-Men that I'd like to get some vintage Fantastic Four that I'd like to pick up, like, you know, early numbers, 50, 30, you know, some early stuff. Um, I did all my cons last year. There's one con I may go just so I can visit some family in Virginia called Galaxy Con. Um, Are you going to go to the one in North Carolina? I thought you were going to go to that one. Um, Maybe not next year or this year. Maybe not this year. Maybe next year. Um, cause I did all my cons last year. Um, I may, I'm just going to this, I'm only going to this galaxy con because my family is in Virginia and I told them I would go see them and I'm like, well, hell, if I'm going to be there, <laughs> you know, two for one. Yeah. Um, I may go to a Philadelphia fan expo just to go to, but that's not until the summertime, but, um, I have no real plans as far as comic stuff is concerned. I've really got all the books that I've wanted. Um, mm, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I really got so many books last year. I probably bought like maybe a hundred books last year. Yeah. From all my cons and from what you guys sent me, you know, so I got a lot. So I don't have a whole lot in my collection. You know, I did my little John Byrne one where I got a bunch of issues that I wouldn't normally collect, but I wanted him, you know, so I, I, I'm pretty much complete. Nice. I think for me, I'm going to continue to read the, uh, the early new 52 stuff. I have, uh, I think I said this on the last, no, I don't think I did. Becky got me, um, I guess at Ollie's they have, they'd like love Batman stuff at Ollie's. Um, she got me the next three volumes of Batman books for like 12 bucks. Um, so I got volumes, uh, three, four and five of the early new 52 stuff. So I'll probably keep reading, getting kind of caught up on some of that stuff. Rich and I weren't really able to tackle too many of our con list at, uh, that comic con we went to the Buckeye con, but, uh, Rich gave me a stack. Um, I do want to read the legacy, um, 96 stuff. That was like a major Rachel Ghoul storyline. And 
may look to do some pro some more profiles on him and stuff like that. So yeah, looking forward to reading some old stuff and maybe riding Rich's coattails on some of the new stuff. Okay, as a wrap, best comic book related. It could be a book or memorabilia that you got for 2022 memorabilia or like a special book special book memorabilia whatever your number one comic find of 2022 oh gosh escape from new york <laughs> being in canada and seeing that title divider i jumped and almost hit the roof and when i saw you know that that, that was the biggest find because i was not expecting that nice uh well i have two answers so obviously i think the uh, batman 232 you freaking surprised me with for christmas is number one i think my uh, batman grappling launcher replica oh yeah is uh <laughs> is uh, number two nice um i think my favorite from this year was my something's killing the children slap 9.8 first print third cover i think of what it is did you get that um, from jeff where'd you get that no, I got it off of eBay. Um, Jeff still has the first cover, which I'd really like to get one of those. I saw one not too, not really too expensive. It was like 620 bucks for first print. It was like a nine, eight also. But I think Jeff was, I, I don't know if Jeff sold his, his, the one he had was, he was selling for 1500 bucks. So, but I'd really like to, get a first cover edition, but um, I have to say, you know, that and then getting my uh, foil cover and all the comics that I got signatures on at New York was probably my second, like all those books having, having Dan Jurgens sign a, a mm -hmm. sealed Superman 75 to me was, you know, that was awesome. And then it's a good comic here. Obviously, meeting james tiny and getting signatures that was it was awesome so those are my comic picks of 2022 and uh good riddance to 2022 i can't i'm so glad it's over <sighs> probably the worst year of my life and uh it's definitely forward, a low one uh look forward to this next year and uh that should about wrap it for episode 65 another good episode boys this is rich don't forget to bag your board and go buy some comics this is mark this is rob happy new year as always we like just getting together and talking about nerdy stuff and really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us do that as always, if you want to leave us a comment, uh, hit us up. On, you can shoot us an email. Here's homebase at Gmail. Um, of course, we're on our Facebook page as well. You can shoot us up a comment or a request or throw us your opinion on the, the DC universe cinematic crap or whether you love it or you don't. Uh, otherwise, uh, Happy New Year and take care. We'll see you next time. Thank you, as always, for listening and supporting this RMR production.